Our next guest describes herself as dynamic, engaged, and a connector. Her name is Jill Strickman, founder and president of Genuine, the real people company. She's been casting compelling real people for over 25 years for major brands that include Dove, Microsoft, American Express. In addition to running her business for 25 years, she is a member of Forbes Business Council and Forbes contributor. Please let us welcome Jill. Jill, it's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. I, we cannot, I can't get started to like delve in into the, to you, Genuine, the real people company and all about those juicy things that we shared. And then really just understanding your journey in this overall process of building, I call it an empire. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things you mentioned was around the accidental entrepreneur. What does that mean to you? And tell us about that journey. So the reason I guess I'm an accidental entrepreneur is when I started my company, it happened organically. It did not, I didn't set out to start a company. And um, basically the story was I was working as a producer for a well-known photographer and we parted ways and I was a freelancer and I was looking for work. And um, I happened to get a big project very fast because I had been doing stuff when I worked with the photographer Mm -hmm. and a producer at an ad agency said, could you do that for us? And I'm like, sure. And then suddenly I, it wasn't just me, but I had to hire a whole group of people to accomplish the project, which took place like over a weekend to start. I had to like gear up and have like eight people calling people who were, were in, on this specific phone plan and telling stories about their friends and family. And then, and then the next week travel across the country and videotape all of them and interview them. So I suddenly went from one person to a company wow. basically overnight. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> well, that's sure not overwhelming whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it was totally overwhelming because I've been doing this a long time. So I've been in business like over 27 years, which is really kind of funny when it comes up on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm like kind of embarrassed, like, oh my God, I'm so that old. That's something to celebrate too. That's great. <laughs> it's like the same thing for a very long time. It is something to celebrate and um, something that I've loved. And it's it's been a great, a great ride, the whole thing. So, but I did start from like, I, in back in those days, I didn't have, we didn't have cell phones. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have anything. So it was like, everything had to happen by need. Mm. Like I needed to pay people. I needed a payroll service. I needed, I mean, everything. I needed to figure out how to pay taxes. I needed to figure out how to keep documents. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. How'd you do that then? Because it sounds as if it was more of a reactive, like, oh my gosh, these things are coming up. I have to start doing this. So when did you like, how did you get, did you do it all yourself or? I actually, my boyfriend at the time, and then he became my husband was very helpful. And we actually had a complimentary skill set. So he, he was good at doing things like the invoicing, buying all the equipment, because we needed a lot of equipment, figuring out how it worked, that kind of thing. So I did have someone who was helping me. And in terms of figuring things out, I, my parents were both business people. Anyone I knew who was, I asked questions and got information fast. You know, it's, it's interesting because 
when you have to learn fast, it, it happens because it has to. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you want it to, and while you are, you failure is like not an option. You also are leaning into that too. And hopefully falling, failing forward, right. In that one. Falling forward. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the failing, it's interesting because I've always been someone in the kind of work I do, which is finding real people for well-known brands for advertising video content, whether it be on a Super Bowl commercial, broadcast television, or online videos that go viral for brands or testimonials. The failures have come when the search isn't going well, someone says something happens with somebody. And it's always like, I've always looked at failure as like, all right, we failed, but we have to fix it. (laughs) So we just keep going. And sometimes that means that the job isn't as profitable because you have to keep working at it. And other times it just means changing course and a new strategy. Absolutely. But you're learning in that process and that's hence right. And from that. Yeah. Always learning, always learning. So then tell us then genuine, the real people company, it starts, you're putting things, building things by need and putting things together as you need it. When does it become that true company? It's a really interesting question. I think um, over the years, for a long time, it was like flying by the seat of my pant. Like it was very much uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of working around the clock, just trying to figure everything out. And then a couple of things happened. One, One thing that happened is I had a baby (laughs) (laughs) and I I remember before I had the baby, I'm going to a therapist and saying to the therapist, how I want to have a child. I was in my thirties and like, I want to have a child, but I have no idea how I could have a child, like how I could ever do this. Like I've no, like I work all the time. All I think about is work and work was social and interesting. So it kind of had everything to it. And I worked with, at the time I worked with my husband, I worked with friends. Like I, so it was very social too. And I had no idea. So I kind of worked through some of that there, but when I ended up having my son, Max, who's now 23, Amazing. I realized I didn't, I used to travel a lot all over the country and I didn't want to leave him. And, and I remember there was a one job where I actually took the whole family and a nanny with me. <laughs> and it was, it was so hard and the job did not go well. It was a job for um, EPT the, mm. and we had to find couples trying to get pregnant right. and they couldn't know. So they had to come in and t- have it take, I had to have a nurse and they had to take a pregnancy test. And I had calculated it all out on uh, fertility statistics right. So to get five, I had to have like 125 couples. And long story short, the the first 120, whatever, 20 couples weren't pregnant. It was going terribly. The last five came up pregnant and I was, it all worked out, but I I was a wreck and it was, we, you know, it was like, I, I had all these clients there and we were going in every day and interviewing all these people and no one's coming up pregnant. So that was very stressful. But what I realized is when I didn't want to leave him was that I had to figure out a way I could run the business and be home, more home-based. It's funny because I started working remotely long before (laughs) everybody else. And, um, And what I figured out is if I hire people and train them, I could send them out on the road. And I sort of set up like the cockpit where I was the one talking to the clients, figuring out what we needed, giving instructions, training people. And that seemed to work. And as a result of that, 
I had to manage it more like a business and have people working for me and figure out systems. And so having a child, which is interesting, which normally people retract a bit, actually expanded my business Mm. because then I ended up being able to do more because I could hire more people and to do, and I did more sales. And it actually ended up growing. Got it. So it's kind of like the mindset also shift around your business at that time, where it kind of had to, again, because of design by need, right? Where you transitioned from the freelancer to more of a CEO role. Yes. And it, and, it, and the mindset of like being in the weeds <laughs> and being like in all every single detail and having to uh, pull back and be more bigger picture and more strategic was a big shift, mm-hmm. a big, and, and actually I'm, I'm, um, I'm more big picture naturally. So it felt comfortable for me, nice. the details. I can do the details, but yeah. I prefer the bigger picture. Another shift happened when I worked with a coach and realized that I needed to bring people in who had the skills that I lacked. Mm. So, um, it, mm. when I came to realize like, I'm really good Right. At certain things, I'm good at sales. I'm good at inter- researching and finding people and interviewing them, but I'm not great at doing all the estimates and putting together all the methodologies and keeping track of all the finances and the bookkeeping right. and the supplies and the equipment and the technology. And I realized if I hired someone who had the skills that I lacked, like that was a game changer. Yeah. So then, how do you, do you realize then that what you you, the things that you didn't like. I know you you get, you quickly get pick up on the things that you love doing around your business and you continue to do it. But also that insight of knowing, okay, you know what? I don't like these things to do. Yeah, I think it, would, it, it was through um, talking it out, processing. I mean, I'm somebody who needs to talk it over, like talk it out with somebody. So having a coach was helpful. I think that it was realizing also things weren't getting done. (laughs) You know, it's kind of easy to figure out what you don't like to do when you look at, for me, like I look at my to-do list and the stuff that just doesn't get done is usually the stuff I don't want like to do. Got it. So you're hiring people. How did you come to that now? Who do you hire? How do you hire? What is that all about? Because that's, you're talking about from a lot of entrepreneurs, this is your baby. And now you're bringing other people into your baby's world. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And um, I think we started, we did a job description. So we wrote it all out, mm-hmm. what the role would be. It was, it, I think the original one, now we call the person an executive producer. Actually, the original one was like a general manager. Mm-hmm. And now we actually have two roles. One is executive producer and one is operations. So we sort of split it. But at the time when I first hired, it was all mushed together. So we wrote out a job description and then started interviewing people. And it was hard. It, it, it's definitely hard to, to let go. And I, for years after that, tended to be a micromanager. And I had, had talked to you about this, that that was also a big shift learning to that actually people will do better work if you give them responsibility and let them run with it versus being like, Absolutely. In all the details. Yeah, that was a hard that one. <laughs> that was really, really, I mean, not until very recently that have I really learned to do that. It took me a really, really long time just because it is my baby and I care. And I think I, you know, I have all this experience. And one thing I've learned is sometimes um, 
when there's a meeting going on about let's troubleshooting a problem or we're figuring out a strategy, sometimes I'll go, oh, well, let me get in there and give my opinion. And, and a lot of times I pull back and don't, and I realized they may not do it the same way as I might come up with, but it works. <laughs> they get the results <laughs> yeah, and they feel good about it. And, and so it's like giving people that freedom that's, and that's changed a lot, a lot. Yeah. Everyone's happier. <laughs> <laughs> but were you, is it a climate where you're able to get the feedback to, to know, okay, you know what, Jill, stop doing this and let go. Yeah. That that's feedback I've gotten a lot over the years. <laughs> it's not just one time. Uh, it, <laughs> it took a long time to hear it, like really hear it. I think what happens is there's a lot of tension and stress mm-hmm. and people, you could feel, I could feel people tiring out, burning out. And it's, it's exhausting, right. you know, to right. have someone questioning or asking you all the time, or did you do this? Or have you gotten back to that person? Or so I think every, all relationships are mirrors of, to us. And um, we have to look at what's reflected back. Mm. And that, that really has made life much, much better for mm. everybody. And um, it's interesting, even this morning, my executive producer just came back from a vacation. And I always joke when she goes away, it's like, I'm always nervous. Are we going to make it through the week <laughs> without her? Because she's like, do- she does so much and she does such an amazing job. But we were fine. I'm, I was very happy to have her come back, but we did. But she can take a vacation and we're fine. But she was saying how, because the op- our operations person, Angelique, who you also know, she was taking over a lot of her responsibilities. And she was saying, Angelique, takes a very different approach. She's so calm. Mm. And she's saying, maybe I need to be more calm. And I'm like, you know what? Like, these are all, this is all learning. And, and there's no reason you can't try to, an approach that's calmer as long as all the work gets done. Yeah. And I think it's also important to, and you raise a great point around knowing your employee's style of work. I always say like, in terms of what is your work approach and if you just communicate your style of communicating, working, how you, your decision-making and putting it on the table out loud, it helps so much also in terms of any of those additional breakdowns that might take place when you're working at a team. And it, there are breakdowns that take place around that. So I think really understanding, well, my case is really understanding the different ways in which your employees work, because there are some that you might need to lean in more with around the, the managing piece. And there's some that, you know what, hands off let them run with it and they'll do a fine job. Like you said. Do you find from your work, I'm sort of asking you a question, (laughs) but do you find that there are like patterns to people's work styles? There are no algorithms to people behavior. Okay. (laughs) I find that everyone's very different and the situations and the environments are different. You will find that from how people communicate, that definitely you can see some patterns around communications and in that sense. Also decision-making too. And you mentioned the micromanaging too. And especially when you're talking about an entrepreneur and their business and it's your baby. Yes, you, you want to protect it, but also you're hiring people because of their expertise and their knowledge and know-how. And you want to learn and grow because what they share and bring expands even to a different level. So from that perspective, definitely um, looking at it from, from there. So, okay. So you're now more of a CEO. You're scaling, branching out. And really, when you think about it too, with people come processes. What did, you, what did you notice and what did you kind of implement along the way and in, in this journey to, to build where you are today? 
I think it, there was a point where it became clear, not only me realizing is like, we didn't have systems and processes in place. And um, like our computer server was just like one big mess with files. <laughs> like there were no, and I remember I actually hired someone to come in and organize it, like come up with categories, even, even there, like just to get our stuff. It was like a big filing cabinet was that just had no order to it. So that started the idea of, of systems. I did work with a person, a consultant company called Scale Time, and they helped come in and look at everything from, we started using project management tools. We have one called Monday and, and a CRM and onboarding people. Angelique developed a whole onboarding with an, a Meg, another producer of ours, of when people get hired, because we do use a lot of freelancers, what they need to understand about how we work and our technology and our system, like what happens in a job folder and where you have to put things, what emails you can work in. There's a lot of security issues now, some privacy and security. So all that needs to be like thought out and systematized and and that make that's really what makes a company mm. is and that was like something that took me a while to get to it's it's not just the products and services you offer it's the systems you have in place and that they're not the systems are not necessarily dependent on one person it's like not everything is in one person's brain that was like when i i started realizing like everything was in everyone's head <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our whole history, like, yeah. And that's always, there's always going to be that, that you remember, like, you know, even now something will come in and I'll be like, oh yeah, that reminds me of something we did 10 years ago. But in general, it's good if, if things are out of people's heads and there are systems and ways to find right. that information. And that's where documentation comes into key, right? In terms of really creating something that can be repeated Right. And everyone and standardized. Yeah. And yeah. And those are, those are, um, especially for like creative entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to, um, to do. And I think getting help and there are a lot of people out there to help figure out how to do that and in systems and also all kinds of tools now to help get organized right. in that way. Cause every business, the, uh, systems and processes are different, but, but everything is, is repeatable. Even if it's, like everything's customizable. It's still like there could be templates that you could start with. And at one point we had a whole debate about custom versus templates and it was hard for people to not customize everything, Mm. you know, and then, and then when you don't customize and use templates, sometimes it goes too far the template way. It's like, oh, this is too like robotic. Like (laughs) it looks like we weren't, we're not thinking enough and, or so, so there's a balance. Got it. And then, so what were some of the challenges then as you are building your people, implementing processes, what do you experience? Well, one big challenge is getting people on board to try new things mm-hmm. and new systems. That's, that's, a, that's always hard. And I've always been someone who likes change. Like, let's try, like, let's try this. And there's resistance. I mean, every I, resistance is such a theme in in business, right? Like, especially with working with people, like, so encountering not only my resistance, but my staff's resistance or even clients resistance, like even making changes, like going 
the way they can view things. Like now we have to put pass, we have to password protect everything like, and, and create a lot of strict ways. And people are used to just like putting in a link and going to like, not, and even just trying to say like, I know this, we're adding steps and I know this is not good. It's terrible, but it has to happen. Like we have to do this because of the world we live in now. So really it's, it's getting over resistance and trying new things and, Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And that's how we progress. Well, change is never easy, right? And so people are always, they go, it's an emotional thing when you talk about change and, um, and getting people to think, not only to, to see the benefits, but what's in it for them and the why behind what we're doing, right? And, and just to help them process and bring them along in that change because it's, it's constant, that's what is constant change. <laughs> this change. And it's interesting because change in systems in some way are, they seem like um, in opposition to each other, mm-hmm. but you need both, like yes. both. So you have to have a system or else it's, you can't grow. You have to be able to change and change the systems if you need to. Absolutely. So it, it's, um, yeah, yeah, you need both. You do. You, and it kind of dovetails to a question that's curious because change and, and with processes, how do you remain relevant then today? You know, it's interesting because I, I feel like I've worked hard at staying relevant. And part of the reason is I, I'm in all kinds of support groups, mm-hmm. business entrepreneurial support groups, where I learn how other people are doing things. And I mean, the whole world online and and running a business online and automation and using social media uh, and and the whole backend of all the advertising and, and all the analytics and all of that, like those are things I've really had to learn about as well as who I could go to, to Mm. implement stuff like that. But I had to have like an understanding. So I think it's, it's staying relevant is always being interested and curious to learn about what other people are doing, what's new, what's working, what's not. And, um, and I really like it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think it's really, that keeps me going. Yeah. And everyone jokes, like, cause I'm always coming out with like, we should try, <laughs> like, I find some, there was like active campaign. We have to compare all the different automation services and see how they work. And they're like, okay, here we go. Like, but then it's like, it becomes like the normal or even CRMs and sending out our newsletter on these mailing services. Mm -hmm. And it's there, there's so many tools. Yeah. But I think that what's the key though, is that coming up changed in more of embracing as opposed to, oh my gosh, another thing that I have to learn or have to do. And then when you mentioned your support, your groups that you belong to, you're listening and asking questions and learning from others, which I think you bring back to your environment and, and say, hey, why don't we consider X and then see what happens. And then yeah, go. that's how I met you, yes. right? <laughs> you yeah. facilitated a, a, a group at Her Financials and, yes. and, yes. and it was on empathy. And, yes. and um, yeah, and I was, I found it fascinating. And that's why I reached out to you because I had a, an issue I was trying to learn. I thought, oh, but that is, yeah, yeah, that's how you learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's also, you realize one mm. thing when you are part of groups is you realize like as an entrepreneur, like everyone has the same problems. It's like, there are themes and, and everyone as they grow has similar business 
issues. Of course, everything was is slightly different, but but it, you're not alone. Right. So, and right. you can get ideas of how people overcome things or learn new things. And what, that's why, and it's nuanced per industry, but that's where you get the best practices because you can take something in a different industry, if you will, and say, hey, why don't we consider over here? And you'll see, you get maybe a different output, but you get some efficiencies if you try it and see and tweak it to your environment and make it more unique to your environment. So I absolutely think that um, I like the best practices approach and, and yeah. And it's, it, to me, it, to me, it keeps things lively and interesting. You know, I view that now as like a big part of my role mm. is staying out and understanding what other people are doing and how they're doing it and what's working, what's not working. Right. And that helps keep constantly changing, evolving, and being relevant in the marketplace. And yes. Prospects and, and everything, and your competitors too, and partners that you work with. So I think that becomes very important as part of the process. So we talked about some of your challenges within the journey. What were some of the aha moments? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'm so curious if you come up with some other ones. Did we talk about any other aha moments in our... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you talked when you were building a team, I think that was one of the key things too, right? Because you talked about finding people who kind of understood your vision for the business and had that passion that you have to not only just stay stagnant, but to grow it and bring different dimensions and aspects to it. Yeah, it's interesting in in the process of learning, of hiring. One thing that I am proud of is I have a high level of retention. Mm. And and many people who work with me have worked with me for a long time. Great. And and, and sometimes it's hard to find people full-time because because it's to fit in Mm. to the mix as a certain personality and work ethic and sense of humor. And so, but, but once someone fits and it's good, they stay with us. Like it's nice, which is great. And it sort of has like a family feel to it. And, um, and I also think, um, I really try as a business owner to treat people well. Like it's interesting. Even years ago, I, when I first started, I worked with agencies and people at agencies tend to work like from whatever, nine or 10 in the morning, they might start up, but then they, they're going all night. And I knew that I was having people interacting and interviewing and looking for people all day. And if I had, if I worked people at that pace, mm-hmm. no one could maintain maintain the skills that you need to have to be able to interact with people the way we do. So I would always like do shifts. So I'd have the more the regular shift, and then I'd have the people who started in the afternoon and went late, and it, that worked. Nice, and, and and so people didn't burn out. Right, but there was always somebody there. It's funny now because now it's like you don't have to have someone in the office; you just have to have someone on duty at home. Yep. <laughs> it's funny how that that's changed. It's the whole mindset shift. It <laughs> is, yeah, and it sort of fits in, like because you could just stagger people's hours so mm-hmm. that there are people to. But again, like really trying hard to give people breaks right. and, and, and respecting that people need to recharge. And, 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 and our work has always been interesting. We're always looking for interesting things. So, yeah, but you know, it's what, what's good about what you're doing is that you recognize burnout and giving people kind of like a, a permission to say, listen, I'm not going to run you to death. I understand what, what's going on here and what it takes to be effective. And we're not going to overwork you, but we're really going to give you that's time to work, recharge and come back again. So you can even be more charged and, and sourced 
to do the work and be motivated to do the work. Yeah. And I think for the most part, not with everyone, but with most people, if they feel that they, that they're given a break, they're going to, they perform much better and they're a lot more enthusiastic and they, it's a positive for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So then when, if you look at it from the perspective of other women entrepreneurs, I really think for me, it was about getting out there and talking to other women, business owners and entrepreneurs, and really learning from other people and seeing what other people were doing and trying to like step back and look at the big picture. Also, like I like to like listen to podcasts and read books and have dialogue. And and that, that I always find really inspiring. And then, and then also coming up with like plans. I like to look at things like in quarters, like each quarter, try to step back and try to set goals for myself, for the company, for people working with us. And everything's always, especially right now during COVID, how everything is changing. So it's hard, especially with goals. Like right now we're just trying to stay alive (laughs) with all this. And so it's a whole, a whole different mindset, but, um, yeah, I I think community and, and finding people who are, are inspiring and doing better and also people that you can help going both ways Mm -hmm. is, is really useful. And also like, again, I think it's assessing what you're good at and what, where you, what skills you are not as good at and, and how can you find people or sources that can help. Yeah. And I do think um outsourcing whether it be hiring people to do things and help whether it be like your social media or developing your website like you don't have to be a one man band and when you when you release the one man band kind of mindset you tend to grow. Mm. Mm. Um versus feeling like especially women like I could do it all myself it's it's easier for me to just do it than to explain it to somebody else. And and really it's not. <laughs> yeah, because then you miss out on a lot of different ways and approach thinking, right? That can be brought into and you can harvest and harnessed in your business by experiencing other other ways in which people work and think. Yeah. So I think from that perspective, definitely and it and it, and it also shifts your mindset from me to more enterprisal and around the business and how you want to grow it, scale it. And whatever visions that you have, you start thinking bigger about it. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yes. So what I heard is that you created a plan, you put some goals and metrics, but you're also flexible with that plan because you know, the environment changes. So you kind of embrace change and be flexible in terms of adapting to that. So that way you're assessing frequently as opposed to Okay, next year I'll look at it this time and see what happens, right? Yeah, I I definitely I do a monthly goals and break them. And the other thing is is breaking things down into very small actionable tasks because and 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 it's interesting because often when I've you know gotten people to help me or work, it, it might take me a long time sometimes to like reach a goal, but like I keep on chipping away at it, and then finally I'm there and I did it. And I think sometimes people think it's so big or far away or going to be so hard mm-hmm. that they won't even like set some kind of goal, mm-hmm. whether it could be anything. And, but if you set the goal and then like start breaking it down into small manageable chunks, 
and then dividing it up. And, and sometimes you need to hire someone to do part of it for you or, yeah, I think that's really useful. Well, yeah, yeah, it becomes very digestible. And so it doesn't become this big mountain and you yeah. taken out of the process because if they just look at that mountain, they go, oh, I don't want to touch it. Yes. Like, I like chunk. I, I'm a big believer in chunking down also into little digestible pieces because then you also can, and I put milestones at certain points to, at, to the little chunks. So it's like I reward myself yes. <laughs> along the way. Yeah, you have to celebrate. <laughs> every every time I check something off, it's like, woohoo, I did it. Especially for stuff that like is hard. Like you gotta like totally celebrate along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. So like what's next for genuine? Well, actually what um we're trying to develop right now because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we do a lot of work both in consumer and in healthcare. And during the pandemic, one of the services that really became instrumental for many um, agencies and companies is helping create user-generated content with real people, which means that someone at home, a real person who, who would fit specifications, would create a video that they're guided through, and that video could be used to create content. And there's, we did a a, a fabulous spot with nerd wallet and it was all about that. We turned to the nerds during times of crisis Mm -hmm. and and the thinkers and the scientists and the doers to help us get through. And we had, we instructions for, so we found people in people who were medical professionals and scientists and teachers and performers. And we gave them instructions exactly like they had to start really close in on their eyes and they had all these shot lists and it came out really well. That was really exciting. And we, so now we're focusing on healthcare and people with compromised immune systems Mm -hmm. to try to develop programs for agencies and brands and pharmaceuticals to work with patients who are now at home. And um, it's a scary time. And a lot of those people at home are like glued to the TV and they're in fear, which can paralyze people. And, And then that goes against taking care of yourself and doing things that can can improve your health. So coming up with um, programs like this, where we engage with those people and we get them to start creating their own content and sharing their thoughts and information and things that they're doing really can activate people in a really positive way and inspire other people. Very nice. nice. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what, what evolves and what comes out of all that great work that you're doing. And I love that you talked about community embracing change, having a plan to help other female entrepreneurs too, who are maybe thinking about a business, are in business. And like you said, even the times might be stuck in their own way to support them. So thank you so much for your time today. You are welcome. It's a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for joining us on Your Business Greatness. I am your host, Simone Sloan, and love to see you next time.